Selena, knowing you so well, like for the longest time, you have like life altering change in your life. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you went through this um, health scare. Would you like to discuss it and how did you cope with it and stuff? Oh, yeah. Um, so, what I ended up having was a surgery called a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially a surgery where they remove the uterus. Um, mm-hmm. So I, that means that I cannot have children anymore. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting this surgery because I was diagnosed with uterus cancer. I was only 25. I'm 20. Mm-hmm. I'm 28 uh, in, in September, but mm-hmm. I was 25 when I got diagnosed, and that was sincerely the only time in my life, so far anyway where I recall what it's like to uh, feel that your life is flashing before your eyes. Mm-hmm. When I got that call, my husband was with me and it was just one of those moments where I thought to myself, I couldn't help it. I, I thought, why me? Like, what did I do wrong? What did I do? Mm-hmm. Did I do something in my past life that just was so awful, you know, that I'm yeah. having to go through this. Mm-hmm. And, um, a lot of people don't know this, but I got uh, legally married a month before that. Mm-hmm. So it was just like a drastic change in uh, in a span of one month, right? Yeah. Like super happy to like, what's going to happen, you know, like, yeah. and when a doctor tells you that you have cancer, and they're not sure what stage it is, mm-hmm. clearly, well, for me, anyway, I thought of the worst case scenario. And in that moment, I had to think to myself, okay, I need to start preparing mentally and emotionally, you know, if I have to start going through like chemotherapy or radiation, Mm -hmm. because that was talked about at some point, depending on how bad it was. And uh, it's, it wasn't surprising, though, that I got diagnosed with that, because I have always had an issue with um, my cycle. Mm -hmm. I, I went, believe it or not, I went, most of my whole life, like years where I, I never, I never got it. So mm-hmm. I went a long time thinking to myself, Oh, I'm just a lucky girl that I never have. To <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, but you know, a lot of female would say like, I would rather not have it, but uh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's not good for you. So don't say it's that. Not, it's <laughs> not. And I sincerely was on the opposite side where I thought, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm super lucky. Mm-hmm. I don't have deal with it, whatever. And I didn't think too much about it. You know, I was very irresponsible thinking that. Um, And I started having issues where not, you know, to make a long story short, a few months before I got diagnosed, I really couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I couldn't work. I couldn't drive. I couldn't even walk to my own kitchen because I was in bed. And one night I fainted because of how much blood I lost. Wow. And my husband, bless his soul, you know, he was there for me throughout the whole thing. And he, I remember he grabbed two big trash bags. And in the span of one hour, both of them were filled because of how much I was. Yeah. Wow. I passed out. And uh, it was a really, really stressful time, too, because I wasn't, uh, I didn't have insurance. So, wow. Yeah, so we were trying to figure out a way, you know, like how I need to get checked, you know, like yeah. it's not normal. And I became um, uh, anemic. So, mm. I mean, clearly, right from losing so much blood. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people will tell you if you're anemic, you get this huge craving to uh, munch on ice. 
Mm -hmm. It was, I started eating ice as if they were chips. Like I would watch TV and I would ask my husband to grab me a whole bowl of ice and I would just munch on it. Yeah. So it was really, really bad. Um, I started developing uh, bags, like extreme bags under my eyes, you know, Mm -hmm. like I was just Mm -hmm. losing a lot of blood. And um, thankfully, my friend, uh, her father-in-law, he's my gynecologist, and Mm -hmm. he was just a superhero. You know, he took me in, he he gave me an ultrasound, Mm -hmm. um, and he saw something a little funky. And he was like, okay, well, we're going to have to give you a surgery. You know, they didn't want to do a hysterectomy because that's a little bit dangerous for a woman my age in your Mm -hmm. mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, I don't have children of my own, so because it's still your body's still um, growing technically in that exactly, age, but, exactly, yeah. and because specifically I never had children, my mm-hmm. doctors were obviously concerned because that's a huge talk I had to have with them. You know, like, are you mm-hmm. going to be okay not being able to have children? Mm-hmm. And you know, you can imagine how those talks went. But, yeah. Um, and you just got married too, like a month before. Yeah, oh, like you yeah. were so. Re- I mean, at that point, I can, I can definitely imagine you, you know, ready to like finally settle down, like planning oh, about yeah. families and everything, and the oh, bad news yeah. hit. It was definitely in the plan, and I can tell you, <laughs> the closest people to me, especially my best friend, he always made fun of me for wanting five kids. <laughs> He's oh. like, "That's too many." But I sincerely, there was a point in my life where I wanted a huge family. Mm. And I just, you know, I really, I really wanted to live that life. But because of the surgery itself and the, my, my life took a turn, whether I liked Mm -hmm. it or not, you know, and um, I did end up getting one surgery before the hysterectomy called the hysteroscopy. So Mm -hmm. they essentially get in there and they scrape off whatever funk is in there, you know, in my uterus. And I thought that would do the trick because the hysterectomy, they were really trying to push that aside for the longest time because, you know, it can be dangerous. When they went in there, what did they see? Like, did they see like the the cancer cells? Did they identify it or do they have to like get further more um, examination in this? They had to do more exams. Yeah. Like when he did the first ultrasound, he didn't know exactly what was going on there, but from what I remember looking at it and the pictures he took, it was a lot of gunk, like a huge ball that's not supposed to be there, essentially. Wow. Yeah, so it, it was uh, kind of pushing on my uterus, you know. It, it was getting to that point, which is why I was um, losing a lot of blood out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So just think about it in this way. Imagine going so many years without going through a cycle and mm-hmm. then... You know, it makes sense why I lost so much blood in a matter of seconds. You know, it was all accumulating throughout the whole years. And bam, it just happened one day because it just decided to where it was it had too much pressure. Um, So, yeah, I got the hysteroscopy first and I I had to start um, birth control, believe it or not, because it helped settle my cycle. Mm-hmm. So I had to start bad, and then I got an IUD to kind of maintain it. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, I didn't like the idea of it, to be quite honest, because I'm a scaredy cat in general with medical mm-hmm. stuff. It, of course, you know, yeah. And I'm not the biggest fan, but I was so desperate to just get my life back that I was willing to do anything. 
So they got me on birth control and I got the IUD and it did settle it for like a month, but mm-hmm. I started shedding a little bit again. I started losing blood mm-hmm. and I got more exams done. And sure enough, we agreed on the hystero- uh, hysterectomy. Uh, mm-hmm. That was June of 2021. So it's going to be two years, almost two years. I'm sorry, July 2021. Mm-hmm. So I'm two years since I've had my my surgery. And um, I want, one thing I forgot to mention with the hysterectomy, it can be a full or partial. So mm. for me, they took out everything. They got rid of my uterus. They got rid of my fallopian tubes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do still have my ovaries. So um, mm. that's one thing they didn't want to get rid of because, uh, you know, I need to produce hormones. I'm still really young. Yeah. 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 Just getting rid of my ovaries. So thankfully, I still have those. Um, but before going through that whole surgery, I had to go through a genetic testing to make sure mm-hmm. I was okay having my ovaries. So mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many doctor appointments I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, and before the first surgery, the hysteroscopy, a month before my doctor actually ordered two rounds of um uh, I had to get iron. So mm-hmm. uh, I I was just sitting there, you know, like for three hours on both in both times I had to go there and they, it's just like an ID, mm-hmm. you know, you just have to sit there, but it really took a toll on me because it was in the same room as uh, cancer patients mm-hmm. uh, while they were going through their chemotherapy. Yeah. And it was just so incredibly heartbreaking for me. And I couldn't help but think, you know, like, is this going to be me? Like in a couple of months and a year, like how much time do I have? I really couldn't help but, you know, feel all of that. And because of, I remember having to have the iron infusions and sitting there for three to four hours, it was the most lonely I have ever felt in my life because I wanted to reach out to anyone in my life, whether it was a phone call or a text message, Mm -hmm. because I wanted company. But it was in the middle of the week, you know, I knew people were working, they weren't going to just drop their work just to talk to me. And I convinced myself I would be a bother. And I didn't reach out to anyone. So yeah, and I kind of learned in that very short amount of time, going through all those doctor appointments by myself, it really made me feel so lonely. But I also, you know, I think I build a lot of walls, which really doesn't help me right now um, what, and, uh-huh. did i mean like was it like um because knowing you before as well you're not very much of um expressive of emotions and yeah stuff. like i bet that made you felt really lonely what made you like start like expressing how you feel about things like and you know uh-huh. like asking for help and instead of like oh this is going to be a burden to my friends and stuff and, or my husband. So, yeah. I, I think it was after I went through all of that and my surgery, I recalled what it felt like to be lonely. And I made a conscious decision uh, where I said to myself, I want to be that person that I didn't have whenever I felt alone. If that makes any sense, you know, like that is an interesting way to look at it, too, now that I think about it, because it's not like people pushed me away. I pushed everyone away. You know, I I kept it all to myself. And that's something that I truly regret, you know, like I pushed Mm -hmm. people away and. You know, a lot of my friends will tell you that I I lashed out of them like you wouldn't even believe because it was just a mix of hormones. It was a mix of 
depression of anxiety because I had no control over my life and I'm not good with change and I'm not good with the uncertainty in general. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was just like, uh, kind of like a mama bear protecting her children, like just rage all over, you know, yeah. I wanted to protect myself and I was, you know, scared to let people in. I appreciate you because like you sharing this story, I bet there's going to be a tons of people out there have experienced similar like this. Mm-hmm. You well, know, I and I really hope someone, yeah, feels and, like and yeah, not they're not alone and not like they could reach out to any friends or family, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. it's important, and you know, that's something I would like to say to whoever's listening you are simply not a burden, you know, take it, don't let your brain trick you in that regard because your brain is a uh, <laughs> it can be your worst enemy that's something i've learned you know and it can definitely convince you that you're a burden no one cares you know mm-hmm. but that's just not the case you know there's so many people that care uh, you know but you just you just have to put in the effort to view that you know mm-hmm. like even if it takes time so yeah, yeah that's kind of where i concluded all of this is i just wanted to be the person that i wish i had not pushed away Alina, like you're such a good writer. I, I just want to say that and put that Thank out there. Thank you so much. <laughs> and have you ever thought of maybe like broadening your like craft into more of like a self-help book? Because maybe that could help mm-hmm. a lot of women out there that don't know how to speak up of how they experience mm-hmm. their experience, you know, and maybe too shy about, you know, sharing. Oh, you know, I know you mentioned that to me once uh, recently, and I never thought about writing a self-help book until you mentioned it. So very much I'm interested in doing that now. Absolutely. Because I really need people, or in this case, uh, women, I just don't want them to feel like they're alone. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just so easy to go into a hole and just think, I'm the only one going through this. There's no way someone else is going through that, you know? Yeah, and yeah. For me, and this is something I would love to write in this book that you're telling me I should write. <laughs> Think of it as like Adele's album. You know, there's like 25, 30, <laughs> and then 40, you know? <laughs> you know, like... Paulina, like, 25. <laughs> yeah, because like everyone, you know, like like we said earlier, you're, you're not going to stay the same thing. And we're not going to be the same yeah. human being within mm-hmm. 10 years time, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. going to be a bunch of experiences you have um, accumulated and wanted to share that with other people, you know? Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you know, listen to your story. I, I can definitely like relate because I also like kind of been through that, like with the whole, well, I'm not haven't experienced the hysterectomy but Mm -hmm. i hope it's never gonna get there but you know listen to you and i thought like at the moment when i had to go through the earlier stage i felt like wow i felt like this can't happen to me right like i am only like in my mid you know late 20s and i have no kids and i felt like Mm -hmm. does this happen to other people too and you know hearing your story i felt like well i'm not the only one you know that this happened to me I honestly, I'm glad my story, you can relate to it to some regard. And I never, I do not wish the hysterectomy on you or anyone else. If yeah, it can be I know. It's- because, yeah, no, like we're, we're too young, you know, mm-hmm. and even yeah. then, like, no one deserves to go through that. It's just, a, yeah. 
it's just a it takes a toll on you mentally and emotionally yeah even um even me like i mean people ask like oh you do you want kids like i personally don't you know like you want a big family and now it's like everything changed and i know it hits you hard like mm-hmm. when people ask me they want to have family i was like as of right now i don't want to have family because i'm not mm-hmm. ready but like maybe when i'm in 30s i might want to have kids but yeah. yeah but i don't but to be honest like i don't know i don't imagine myself being you know have kids so i was like in my my thoughts it's like you know i can be on birth control like it's fine like i kind of not ready and i don't feel like i'm gonna have one but then at the moment when you go through that testing and the doctor tell you like you had pre-cancerous cells and we have to do all of this and the possibility of yeah and a possibility of you like have the higher miscarriage you know and also might not even have a kid and and when your doctor telling you that you as a female might not able to have kids, it hits you hard. It really does. Yep. Yeah. It's, like, it's so I, I for you, I can imagine, you know, like the 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 turn your brain did, huh? Yeah. Like, it's like first it's like, I don't I mean, I don't care if I don't have kids, it's fine. But when but when a doctor tell you that you as a female that can have kids might not have a kid, like you might not be able to do this duty as a female. It's mm-hmm. like wow, it hits me so hard that like I felt like an incomplete or you know a a not good enough person like you yeah. know yeah. That's, I remember thinking to myself, oh well, I guess I'm not useful anymore. That, <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt too. No. It's like you know, yeah. you as a female, you made in this body to have uterus to bear a child someday. Exactly. Even if you yeah. want it or not, you know, like if you don't want it, don't have it. I totally understand. But yeah. when someone's telling you you might not be able to do it, it's like wow. Yeah. Like ultimate that hurts. Like, that hurts. <laughs> it does hurt and it makes you reevaluate literally your whole life. You're like, hold mm-hmm. hold up. <laughs> you yeah. Know? It, and you know, I told my I didn't tell my my mom till later because I don't I want to know the whole thing of like is this gonna have to be like removing the whole thing or how serious mm-hmm. it is? And but you know, it turned out it wasn't as serious as you know it sound. Um, but my mom was like, What if what if you just have one kid now? <laughs> like, oh, you're like, no, 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 no. let's not no, get no, it. No. I know. I, I was like, I understand, mom, that like if I go through this, you know, the risk is higher, mm-hmm. like we don't know what's in there and how bad it is. Like we might have we remove some, but if it's still there, we might have to remove more, we might have to remove the whole thing, like who knows? But she's like but what if you have one kid right now that when you're still like, you know, like, I guess normal and healthy, but I'm like, yeah. if, if I have a kid now and I don't want to have a kid, like, how does that make me feel? Exactly. Yeah. No, it just, there's just no win-win situation, you know, yeah. and the people always talk about the biological clock. It's a real thing, you know? So there's wow. pressure for women to have kids at a certain time. But then if you truly don't want them, mm-hmm. you can't help but feel sometimes like, oh, like, what are people going to think of me? You know, like, am I in the wrong for not wanting kids? Because having a family is like the normal thing in society, you know? So it can be confusing. And I will tell you, though, I went from wanting five kids. And then now if you ask me, which is what, two years after I had my surgery, Mm -hmm. if I still had the opportunity to have kids, I probably don't want them because Mm -hmm. I just... I, I took, uh, it was such an emotional toll for, for me. It felt like a loss. Hmm. And um, I know there's so many options. I could go through a surrogate. I can mm-hmm. adopt. And as much yeah. as I love to do either or, I personally would rather adopt. But that's just yeah. Um, But I grew to be 
scared. I'm not going to mm. lie. I'm scared of becoming a mom. And it's a huge I, responsibility to be honest. It's a huge responsibility. And honestly, after the surgery, I've gotten to know myself so well. And I question myself a lot where I ask all the hard questions like am i willing to give this up because i understand that for a child your life is over like it's all about your kid now at least that's how i think about it mm -hmm. you know i my mom very much engraved that thought in me <laughs> at a young age it's like it's all about your kid now you know like mm -hmm. you've got to do what's best for them etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah. having that in mind because i would want to give up you know whatever is necessary to make sure my kid is okay mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it just makes me feel selfish sometimes because I think, ooh, like, was I selfish to, like, instantly want the surgery without thinking twice about it? Uh, am I selfish because now I don't want kids because I like my own time and mm -hmm. I I don't know if I'm willing to give it up. I'm, I'm not sure if I have it in me to be... Yeah. I don't know if I have it in my personality to be as maternal as I wish I was, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. I you think know. the good thing about technologies nowadays, speaking, speaking of a pre-med um, perspective, is just that technology itself and medication has always been really, like, becoming more advancement nowadays. Like, advanced. Yeah. And oh, thankfully, yeah. like, 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 thankfully, like, I know, like, with this type of thing, I wish it could be really affordable and accessible to everyone, mm -hmm. not to be pressured at this um, time. Or maybe for gays too, like we, maybe they want their partner's DNA and to be oh, mixed yeah. sure with each other. Mm -hmm. And I, I just wish that there was like something like that that makes us feel. Actually, I was talking to my partner about that before, and um, I said I wish our DNAs will, you know, together are you know like combined together. And yeah, yeah. Together and and stuff. So. I wish there's a, a, a device that could already do that. Yeah. that could do that and affordable as well for everyone, you know. So <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. yeah, nothing for me anywhere. It's just like, why is everything so expensive? Nothing's affordable anymore, unless you're like yeah. a billionaire. <laughs> I know. At least that's what it feels like sometimes. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. But yeah. And I just wanted to like clarify some things with Nick. Like Nick, did you like um was it like cancerous stage already when or was it just like still be like it's still a benign cancer? Like in, um, in, in there. Pre cancer. Pre cancer. Yeah, because That's like it. if you leave it there, it could lead to cancer. So it's a benign cancer that it, it wasn't really progressive at all, technically. It's it will progress. If you keep uh, it, if, if you keep it mm. there, oh yeah, wow, yeah. So that's like, so how you found out? Like you know, if I listen, people listening out there is that if you're a female, you should get your Pap smear done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So I I think it's every three years you're supposed to get it done. Um. So yeah. I I got it done. Like you know, I'm pretty good with keeping up with my health check and stuff. So I got it done. Every three, <laughs> I know I got it done every three years. I mean, three years ago I was fine. But now mm -hmm. three years, and you know, that's how I found out that like my pap smear was abnormal. Yeah. And that's when they like they go in there and take a look, um, you know, put like the liquid to stain it or whatever to see um which area doesn't look normal. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. from there, they're like, oh, you know, it's right here, right there, whatever. And then from there they took a biopsy of your the, mm -hmm. the the membrane or whatever that's in there. <laughs> you and know what's from there? They found out, like, you know, what grade it is. Is it low, mid, or high? 
Mm. Like they they swap it and technically they measure the levels of it, right? They, oh yeah, they swapped it to see if it's like a medium high, like a medium low, mm-hmm. medium or high grade, like the cell. Yeah, mm-hmm. if it's like a high density, like kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I guess it's high. If it's low, then we can just leave it as that. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. we just come back every year to do pap smear to see how it is. Mm-hmm. But if we turn out like some of the area was like a high dense of like a precancer cells. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we go get it test to see if it's gonna like progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then from there, um, yeah, we took a little bit of that out the area and then we sent it to the lab, and so they can do like a little tiny slices to see like if biopsy. Um, we did that already, and it turned out like you know this is like a high, high um, percentage of being like cancer. Um, mm-hmm. so we took that piece wherever that is a high chance, and then we sent it to the lab. We just took so the doctor is like, yeah, like oh my god, you're so young, like you have to go through this. Like, mm-hmm. what am I gonna do? So the the doctor was like, if you will be older, like 45, 50, I would just took like a whole like a big scoop out. Mm. so that we don't have to deal with this again because at that point you probably don't have kids anymore yeah so it's like oh because you're still young like you're still like in you know, your 20s so I'll just take a little bit of it out and it was sent into the lab so they can take a little slices of it and take a look to see like is is the high like um, the pre-cancer cell that does it end there or does it keep going into your your, your muscle yeah it's- I think with your um, both of your stories is such a strong and empower, powerful, and and I think that gives awareness to other people, especially in our age. Should like, mm-hmm. hey, be aware of your health. You know, be yeah. aware of your health. Yeah. Get get your labs done. Get your mm-hmm. pasmere done. Like get yeah. everything, oh. or maybe your balls checked too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get your balls yeah. checked too. This is a topic that is like it sounds silly. And you don't want to just talk to everyone or your friends. Like, oh my god, today I go get pep smear. You want to hear about it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a story that you can go just blub it out to everybody. But it's like a very necessary yeah. for you mm-hmm. as a human being, for all of us, male, female, to get this done. Oh yeah, it's 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 normal. You know, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be so weird it shouldn't be yeah. a taboo topic honestly yes. you know, even if you are talking to someone of the opposite sex it should be the most normal thing in my yeah. opinion yeah i don't know if you guys um ask dr google a lot of questions you know <laughs> like dr google does not want to answer your questions such as like that because like mm-hmm. if i have a headache or not the doctor's Google's going to say 100%, you have a brain cancer, a meningitis. No, the worst thing. <laughs> so go to your doctor, like, personally, because, you know, like, seriously, like, doctor Google's not going to, like, look at you and say, you have meningitis. You have, like, no, you just have a migraine and take a Tylenol, girl. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I will admit that I went to Dr. Google a lot after my <laughs> surgery. What could go wrong? It's, oh, my gosh. I can't even tell you. I do not advise that whatsoever. Because I, I remember I would text Ned. I'm like, Ned. <laughs> I'm, I, I saw Google and like Liam, it's Google, like Google. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, People I'm like, don't be scared. Google. <laughs> I know. No, actually, it's funny. Like, if you have that 
mindset of friends, like same mindset. Actually, me and Ned have a burger in Santana Row. <laughs> and we talked about our lab results together. Like oh I feel like <laughs> I feel like you, you need to awesome. find that friend. You need to find that friend that yeah. you know okay to talk about your health problem with. Oh, absolutely. Right? You have that one friends of like that do care and see the value in like mm-hmm. health system. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, I and do. to the doctor. I do have a quick funny story on what you're saying. Um, mm. Clearly, you know, obviously my husband is aware of everything that's going on. But um, it was interesting going through this experience because most of my friends are men. So yeah. my my best friend, uh, he told me, obviously, when this was very recent, um, he works with a lot of women. So he was very quiet in a conversation that was happening between his female co-workers. And mm-hmm. someone actually mentioned that uh, she was uh, going to get a hysterectomy or something like that. Mm. And But she couldn't remember the word. She couldn't remember the medical term or, you know, she had no one, no female in that room could think of the word. And my best friend, he was like, oh, I know what you're talking about. And he's corrected me. He was so proud. And he told me, (laughs) (laughs) you're talking to me about He's like, I knew it. And none of my female coworkers (laughs) knew about it. I'm like, see, you're learning something. (laughs) Yeah, so... Hey, you know, I think it's great uh, that you guys went to go talk to your lab uh, about your lab. Dude, <laughs> we, we did. We were just like, net, like, oh my God, guess what? I got like a lab results and done. And I, I think that was like during pandemic because I, I mean, mm-hmm. I got through like phases where I'm like bigger. <laughs> before and during like 2020 i'm like inside and then just eating oh and munching so you don't know what yeah. to do so i'm full here and i went to my lab results because my family's like liam a little higher now your weight i'm just like okay geez you know but <laughs> yeah yeah and they're like they're like i think you should get like um lab results and see if you're diabetic i'm like oh okay uh, well you know because coming from a um Nursing nurses family. Mm-hmm. Of course they're like of course like when I'm like, I have pot of shitting me already. <laughs> but <laughs> but and there we were eating burger though, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were eating burger. <laughs> and then I was just like, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna go um get this lab res- um, lab done and stuff. So a few weeks later, it, I wasn't in the diabetic, actually. I showed it to the screenshot it, and they said, must have joked with me, and then they made an error. I'm like, are you serious <laughs> right now? <laughs> and me and Ned bonded about it. <laughs> like, we are a diabetic, right? Oh, my God. Over a I burger know, and Santa I know the reason why I kind of brought it up, because, like, you know, as we were adulting, like lifestyle change, like we're I yes. mean, as as we not as active anymore as, you know, some people might still be active, but not for everybody. And yeah, so for yeah. myself, like I drink a lot of sugary drink, like boba and stuff like that, like late night food. <laughs> and so later on, I did develop like a pre-diabetic. There we go. Mm. Pre- I, I got, you know, the, my doctor's like, oh, like you're pre-diabetic. Like you, you know, th- I didn't have to take medications or anything like that yet because it's kind of mm. just pre or, you know, early stage. And so I was like, and every, you know, if I would tell this to anybody, no one would believe because they're like, oh my God, you look so skinny. Like you're, you know, you're t- 
tall. You doesn't yeah. look like you're fat or nothing like that. But it's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. But I do have pre-diabetic. Like, don't you get it? Like, because I'm just not healthy. Like, my lifestyle I, sucks. I've seen a lot of people that they look so in shape. Like, we're talking like Chris mm-hmm. Hemsworth style, just looking. Yes. And oh, they're girl. pre-diabetic or they have like mm-hmm. some sort of like type two, type mm-hmm. one. Guy. Honestly, I'm not too sure. But yeah, no, like yeah. it has nothing to do with what you look. But yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why so I was telling him like, hey, like I got like pre-diabetic like diagnosed. So like if you maybe you should go get a check. Like because I feel like as we get yeah. older, like health mm-hmm. problems just keep coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> my gosh i'm taking like my like seven vitamins every morning like, no we're <laughs> gonna start now <laughs> my grandma got in my head and she's like you want to know why i'm still alive and 85 and still walking because i take my vitamins every <laughs> are you taking like the centrium or the um... i'm taking one called usana usana oh it's like organic then yeah my family is very big on those vitamins so all my great aunts they look fantastic for their age so i'm like you know what i gotta get on this now (laughs) it better work for me too (laughs) vitamins yeah because i mean it speaks for itself in my opinion you know Mm -hmm, seeing them at their age and they're going out and about my grandma's 85 and she's traveling by herself she's Mm -hmm. doing everything she lives alone so i'm like okay well, these vitamins probably are doing something. <laughs> I take like seven of them every morning now. <laughs> I recently discovered um, red light therapy. Have you guys heard of red light therapy? I have, but what's the... Specific- so with, with red light therapy, anything that's like your cells, that's damaged cells, they can help it go back to go like alive again. And mm. yeah, anything that like arthritis... Or collagen in your skin that can help it you know like just being a machine oh. for a good 12 minutes or 15 can help that you know and actually i did it recently i'm not exaggerating but like my forehead like it's like less lining there and i'm just like whoa like wow there you like, go yeah dude yeah like i don't like botox like i don't need the botox and stuff <laughs> like i hear people in their age that talk about botox, botox? Too. Mm-hmm. yeah like, yeah there's like this person and and i looked at her and she's like i don't need a botox and i looked at her and at her in our age i'm like girl you're crazy why like why yeah. like you look good your skin no looks need. good and so clear yeah i was just like hmm. <laughs> they have like, to i mean i found some people feel like it's they need to do it in a way to like prevent themselves from aging it's more to prevent yeah mm-hmm. exactly. like you know like all these lines like if we like do this a lot or you know yeah you smile, you smile a lot you creating yeah. all these lines so some people oh, yeah. they just just want to fill it in <laughs> so technically just don't smile at all you know yeah, like resting <laughs> face all the time i'm pretty good at that i have the rbf as what people <laughs> so i'm hoping that'll well, make me <laughs> that for a while we hope you enjoyed our episode of our podcast today. Before you go, please make sure to follow us on Instagram, Machapal underscore podcast. Don't forget our TikTok account. It's Machatalks. All right. We hope to hear from you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>